0: third period guys pretty pretty entertaining period boston uh gets a 3-1 lead which by the way i don't i don't, I was baffled how there wasn't a delayed penalty on this like even though greer scored like the, the whoever it was like their stick was clearly in his hands to the point where it's like he had to let go of his stick and greer greer uh, you know makes a great snapshot top right corner with the stick still in like in in his body so i don't even know how the how the refs didn't have their arm up for a delayed call, but nonetheless, AJ Greer gives the Bruins a three, one lead drops the gloves with Wayne Simmons right after that on the ensuing faceoff, which dates back to the last game um, when it was that scuffle between periods. But I guess this is a good opportunity to bring up AJ Greer's um, effort tonight, along with, with Jacob Lauko who found his uh, way into the lineup, like Bridget mentioned, If I think she said early November. Um, so the Bruins fourth line, whatever the combination was tonight, um, they provided energy. I think it changed a couple of times, but you know, you're, you're missing Thomas Nosek and um I know there was speculation maybe about this kind of being maybe a, a, a trial stint for Loco with the trade deadline approaching. I don't know if there's validity to that, but um, what did you guys make of, of, of that combination of Greer and Loco? And they were with Frederick at times and other times, probably like Felino. I don't really know, but they had a good game tonight.
1: Yeah, they did. And, you know, with Laugo it's interesting. Like, because there had been those rumors that you know he might want to change or whatever somewhere he's going to get more opportunity, but then, like, now I, you know, I realize guys can say one thing in public and nothing behind closed doors. But we talked, I talked to Loco on Tuesday, um, after Bruin's practice, and you know, he didn't sound like someone who was looking for that. Like, you, you know, he said like he was up here longer than he expected the first time, and he was. Grateful for that opportunity and like he was grateful to be back. Like he was saying all the right things. He didn't sound like someone who was d- disappointed. Like he admitted, like it was tough when he first went back down to Providence. It took him a while to get to his game, but he said he feels like he's been playing better recently and, you know, was in a good place and hoping for another shot. So um he didn't strike me as someone who's like disappointed with the way he, the season's going or, you know, the opportunities getting. But We'll see. You know, I don't know how much to me, that would almost just be more like if they traded Lauco, I feel like it would almost be more of like just helping a guy get a change of scenery because I, I don't really know how much value he has, to be completely honest, like not even necess- just like a knock against him, but he's not He's not a super young prospect. Um I don't know like how much upside he has in terms of being more than what he's shown in the NHL so far, which is he can be a really solid fourth liner and maybe he has third line upside at some point, but like, you know, those players are nice to have, but they're not really valuable trade chips. Like teams can, can find those guys in a lot of places. So, um, so I don't know about that. Like, could he be thrown into a trade if, um, if he really is looking for some sort of change, sure, but he's not going to be like this one of the centerpieces of like a big trade or anything.
2: No, no, definitely not a centerpiece of any trade. But at the same time, I feel like the Bruins aren't really looking to like decrease their depth on the fourth line. You know what I mean? Like it, it almost right. feels like they would like to know that he's there for a deep playoff run if needed. Uh, so it doesn't make sense to me that they would move him. Uh, at all, really, but to the point about him, you know, how he fits in um, to the team right now and and where he played on the fourth line, how they look together with Felino and Greer. I thought he provided more than uh McLaughlin did in his time up. I thought that he looked like a better fit there. Um, now, and we talked about how Koponen was more of like a one for one guy for Nosik, but obviously, they change things up with a fourth line. Um, when they bring in Lauko, d- totally different style player than Nosik. much more like um, hard-nosed, uh, tougher kind of guy. So I thought he fit in well on that line. And you see you that, that assist he got on the, the Greer play wasn't the only good play he had either. So um, in his time, he's made the most of it, which is all, what you can ask for. And he's been rewarded for it. So I don't understand, and I don't know if it's true or not, But to me, there would be no reason for him to want out at this point on a cup contending team that you might get time playing in the playoffs. And like, it has not been unfair to you that you are out of the lineup in this roster. Like you, when you've earned your time, you've gotten it. That's kind of all you can ask as a fourth liner and as a guy who's trying to crack the NHL. So I'm sure everybody wants to play, you know, every game, but sometimes that's just you're not gonna get the easy way. Sometimes people look for the easy way out. I don't I think he's somebody who's worked hard enough that and, and understands that that he wouldn't really want the easy way out anyway. So um that's just how I feel about him. I thought he had a good game. I thought it was nice that over the road trip they were able to call up three different guys and, and finally we get to analyze a little bit of difference in the lineup.
0: Yeah, I mean everybody wants everybody wants to play everybody wants to be part of the uh, regular regular lineup so it's not you know it's it's not damning a damning the player if that's how he feels too but the fact of the matter is this team's on a historic pace to start the year and it's it's just like you said it's it's not one of those situations where it's it's easy to, to, to enter the lineup when when that's what's going on in front of you um before we move on to the the star of the third period, um, did you guys have any thoughts on, on AJ Greer dropping the gloves after that gold? Uh, Scott, I think I saw you tweet. You may have thought it was ill-timed and he, um, may have been, um, you know, a little bit, uh, outside of his weight class in that fight.
1: Yeah, f- for sure. Being, uh, a bit outside his weight class, Wayne Simmons, obviously been a very good fighter his entire career. Um,
2: and was much bigger. Yeah.
1: yeah I just thought that the timing was like in a vacuum. I would say that was not good timing on Greer's part. Um, You just went up 3-1. The only team that can, your team has momentum. The only team that can get momentum from a fight is Toronto in that case. So I didn't love the timing, but I also understand that there was obviously carry over there from the last game, right? Like Simmons and Felino fought. And then at the end of the second period, there was a shouting match between, Greer and Simmons like everyone's kind of standing around not leaving the ice so obviously there were, there was something there and you know I think I, I, I'm i assuming it's Simmons who proposed the fight or you know probably said something like hey now's your chance or whatever and I don't know maybe Greer you know feels like he doesn't want to back down or something but just again j- just from a timing perspective like The Bruins didn't need momentum, so they weren't the ones who needed a fight there.
2: And I feel like if you asked him after whether or not he made the right decision, he'd probably tell you no, Um, especially the the outcome of it was I thought he might have gotten a concussion and he took like the first shot like hard. Um, And he ended up like having to turn his head and he just took a bunch of punches in the back of the head. And then at that point, like, I felt like he wanted to go down to the ice and just was like, I'm going to go down right now because I'm getting my ass kicked. And and he's a good fighter, but sometimes you get hit with the first punch and you can't recover. So um, he got pulled out of the box after while he was serving the fighting major by a spotter to get double checked for a concussion. He came back a few minutes later, finished out the rest of the third, like last 10 minutes of the game. But you, I think maybe just are on an adrenaline rush Like I just scored is great. And then you hop in there and, and we know what his like MO is. He's kind of more of an old school type player and that's the kind of thing he can bring. And I guess maybe the, the thought on the momentum thing would just be like, all right, well, I just scored. And if I, you know, fight and win this fight, maybe it's just, we're just going to step on their throat kind of situation.
0: Yeah, to that point, and Scott kind of hit it too. The, from a momentum standpoint, what's the smartest thing? Yeah, I, I guess not really, because like Scott said, it's really, unless unless A.J. Greer kind of clearly got the upper hand in the fight, um, the momentum really just kind of goes to Toronto there. Now, I will say, I, I definitely think Boston, to a man, they're going to be like, well, no, 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 let's, let's make sure we finish this up because, cause, you know, Greer's you just took a few licks there. So I don't know. I mean, I do think the Bruins, they did pep up or they stayed pepped up, but that was a nerve wracking fight to watch because it was one of those, it was one of those fights where Greer is kind of a, he's not the most technical fighter. He kind of just, he fights on emotion and I, it was one of those fights where I could have seen him like he, he, he he put his head to the side to kind of alleviate some of the, the, the damage from some of those shots and then it's like he tried to get one at the end and that's one of those situations where sometimes you see a guy lean into a into into a um into a hook and it can end pretty badly so i'm just glad he was okay cuz cuz Simmons is a you know really experienced fighter and um but you can't question Greer's courage so i mean stick taps for him on that and that's something that he's provided for this team all year when he's been in so um so good on him the timing wasn't the greatest but like i'm never going to I'm never going to damn a player for for dropping the gloves. I mean that's that's a, gr- a good good teammate there. Um so yeah, so okay, so as the as the game goes on again, um Toronto makes it 3-2 and then the Bruins respond 4-4. Four four. After Toronto scored, again, back to the bunting stuff. It's like your team just scores to make it 3-2, to two, but you can't help yourself. You have to get into it with Coil behind the net and it go- it turns into a 4-on-4 four four situation and the Bruins are the best 4-on-4 four four team in the league statistically and uh, tonight was no different. They go out there and right after Toronto makes it three to two, Pavel Zaka, Krejci, who else is on defense with them? Um, who who was? Oh, McAvoy was out there, and uh, maybe Lindholm. I don't really.
1: Remember. I think it was grizzlick
0: grizzlick Okay, so I mean, puck possession out the wazoo. I mean, they they controlled the puck the entire time, and uh, Zaka almost scored before he did score. He had two rushes to the net, but Zaka's goal was was. The the puck retrieval behind the net before he even got it up to the to the blue line. And then when he got the puck back at the blue line, that, that cutback move to his forehand, elite skating, elite edge work, and then he just rips a snapshot top under the cr- crossbar down. And uh he has he's played nine games for Boston since signing that extension. He has ten points, he has six goals and four assists, and after tonight he has um because he got he got two goals tonight he's played 51 games this year he has 35 points 11 goals 24 assists 35 points that's good for fifth on the bruins in scoring three points behind bergeron same game as played um what a what an absolute signing by or trade by don sweeney this uh this past offseason zaka for holla um what an addition he he's been to the team this year. Even when he wasn't scoring this year, his play has just been excellent. He's 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 a Swiss Army knife. He can put him in a ton of different situations and he compliments a lot of the guys that he plays with on this on this team.
1: Yeah, and when you see shots like that first goal tonight or the one timer goal he had against I think it was Philly, it's like, man, if he starts shooting more too and making use of that shot more. Like now the goal total starts to go up, which it has recently to your point, six goals in the last nine games, like the playmaking and everything else, about it's two way play was, was already there. So now if the goal scoring starts following, it's like, yeah, like that now that is not just a player who looks like a top six forward, but now one who's putting up the numbers of a top six forward. And uh, obviously he's been a really good fit on that check line uh, with Krejci and Pasternag, which wasn't together to start the game tonight, but then gets put together and produces, puts up. Uh, they were all on the ice for the last goal, him him, and Krejci out there for the, the four on four. But yeah, I mean, that four on four goal, like just great possession. At, at some point, opponents are going to realize, like if you give the Bruins that high cycle play where one guy kind of, loops out of the zone and then picks the bug back up like they're gonna kill you and i know teams don't like to pressure out that high on four and four but like the bruins are making teams pay for that they've done that a few times now where um they get that movement out high and it's a guy who kind of cycles out of the zone and then comes back in with speed um and in this case it's zaka who then makes that cutback move so they're kind of finding that soft spot in the way teams defend at four and four and really taking advantage of it
2: yeah and another thing that i had put in my notes like right as the game started we're, we're talking about before you know 10 minutes in or, or whatnot um before anybody scored was zaka like it just popped in my mind because i'm watching him in the first period set people up he set up hall he set up that one that chance by carlo i had mentioned earlier though the other time he stepped up in the offense before he scored he played well with Coyle, like on the second power play unit, he, he fits in with, you know, those guys that are normally on the third line. He fits in on the check line. He's factored in at not much this season, but he has at times played with Marshawn and Bergeron. And it's just kind of like, where can't you put him? Um, he, he's been able to adapt. And I think that's just because he came in with a mindset that I'm going to like make myself fit wherever I have to fit. I can play wing. I can play center, um, and he's all of a sudden just setting up, everyone just kind of seems like he's on that wavelength with guys that he's not even really playing much time with on the same line, like Charlie Coyle. Um, and, and with Hall on his line today, he was able to set him up early for what looked like maybe it could have been or should have been a goal. Um, So I, I've liked his game and, and the shot was just like that was an incredible shot bar down. And then he comes back and and scores another one later on what was pretty much a layup. Um, But he's just, he's making himself known. And because of those two goals, the Bruins end up with a comfortable lead.
0: Yeah. You know, who, um, you know, it's interesting because going into the season, Scott made a comment and he wasn't alone. I mean, I echoed it, Bridget, you echoed it. A lot of people were echoing this sentiment that, the prospect of a line with David Krejci, David Pasternak, and Taylor Hall could be the potentially the best line in the NHL. And all of a sudden, there was a... Um, I don't know if it was when Hall got hurt in a preseason game, but that, that preseason game at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers, they put that check line together for the first time. And they had instant chemistry, and it kind of jumped off the page. And I remember then thinking this could be interesting. I could see Taylor Hall losing a spot. And then as the year got underway, it was kind of a conversation because they played that check line together more and more. And it was kind of like, well, maybe they're just trying to balance out the lines a little bit. And, you know, Hall, this is when Hall first went down to the third line. Right. And, and the conversation was, well, Hall's not a third line player. He'll go back to the top six at some point. And somewhere along the way, it's just, it, it's been undeniable the chemistry that they have. And they look, they look a lot better <laughs> when they're together than when Taylor Hall's with, with, with Paschner and Krejci. And, um, and, and I, I'm just a huge fan of Zaka. You know who his, he kind you know who he kind of reminds me of. I don't know if it's a perfect comparison, but one former Bruin that comes to mind. Now Zaka has got like three inches on this player, but his hands, his shot and his IQ kind of reminds me of Riley Smith. Do you see a little bit of that by any chance, Scott Bridget?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad comparison at all. Both 18, Um,
0: too. Both number 18.
1: Yeah, also true. That's true. Um, But yeah, definitely in terms of just the the smart two-way play, like being good in their own zone, um, you know, good playmaker, and, you know, I think Zaka, if he takes advantage of his shot more, I think can be an even better finisher. Um, and he's got
2: a stronger shot.
1: Yeah, although Riley Smith like was he he could be a pretty good finisher too. But yeah, I think that's a pretty good comparison. Um, I was just looking quick trip to a uh, stats corner.
2: Here we go. Uh,
1: five on five scoring for the Bruins this season. Um, number number one, thirty five five on five points. Two David Krejci twenty nine. Three Pavel Zaka twenty eight. Then it's a drop down. Taylor Hall twenty three. Coyle, 22. Bergeron, 21. Marchand, 20. Um, But yeah, so just kind of highlighting the way that check line's been playing at 5-on-5. And, you know, it wasn't... I feel like it was maybe like a month and a half ago. It wasn't that long ago that we were talking about how we wanted a little bit more. There would be flashes, but, you know, there was still, like, stretches of time when that line was kind of breaking even at 5-on-5. After Wednesday night, they're... Goal difference on the season now 19 to 11. And I feel like again, probably like a month and a half ago, that was right around 50%. So they've, they've really picked it up and been on a roll here. And, uh, you know, obviously we, you see that just watching it, but now, you know, numbers also really backing it up.
2: Yeah. And I don't want to gloss over Pasternak because I mean, we're spending a lot of time on Zaka and rightfully so. Um, but, Pasenak did have that one play where he deked out two defenders. And i, I the only reason it wasn't a goal is because it was rolling kind of weird and might have bounced down him at the last second. But, like, I feel like usually he would have put it in. He was in behind two guys, and he it was one of those elite moves that he made. But um, he was named the NHL second star of the month. So uh, he's still looking good, even though he he got the one assist but didn't end up scoring. He was very, very close.
0: Yeah, that was a that was like a pawn hockey move on, uh you know flips the puck by um I think it was Mike uh, not Mike Riley hello uh, Morgan Morgan Riley and um yeah the puck was on edge a little bit so kind of some tough luck there but yeah I mean he was he was he was better tonight. Um,